0: lead us in from five five four three two one gobble gobble world and welcome to a very uh fuck didn't think this a very thanksgiving episode here's <laughs> a guy that is what we're doing we're doing a thanksgiving themed episode
1: this is the shittiest after school special welcome it's, to a thanksgiving
0: <laughs> it's uh a lot less opportunities for puns in Thanksgiving than, than Halloween, I've already noticed. It's a here's a guy Thanksgiving. Yeah, there yeah We, we go. have a we're, cornucopia of silliness for you this evening.
1: We're going to be stuffing this episode with a lot of shit.
0: And I think that's the three, you know, those are the jokes and we can make. We're going to yam it up. You're going to be listening to these three turkeys. Uh. Yeah, you, you get the idea. Yeah, that's it. You better believe it, Pilgrim. <laughs> um, and that's a reference inside of a reference. Du- <laughs> that's, that's the dumbest uh, one we've got, I think. So If anyone's got one worse than that, let her fly, but I don't think so. That was a reference to another reference. Um, yeah, it's, it's so yeah, the, the long and short of it is that this is our Thanksgiving episode. And uh, this is Alex coming to you from St. Louis. I'm joined by my two usual co-hosts, the first of which is uh cody coming to us from illinois cody how are you i'm good good uh i said not unlike last week uh very busy week but um a little less stressed than i was this time last week i'm not doing three people's jobs so that's fun um looking forward to this one looking forward to some good food for uh for thanksgiving so next couple of days should be good yeah, and uh, and uh, put a pin in that, because we're going to be talking about that here in just a moment. But before we do, let's also introduce Jack John, coming to us from Indianapolis. How are you? Boo! Sorry. Yes. I promised I wouldn't do that anymore.
1: <laughs> Look, I, I hear enough booze when I watch local sports. I don't need to hear it here as well. Uh, but I'm, I'm, doing, I'm doing exceptional. Uh, we had a baby shower this past weekend, which was exciting, getting to see uh, friends and family. And a bunch of free shit. It was it was great. It was a good time. And we did it in your,
0: your your wife is extremely pregnant. I'm surprised she does not <laughs> boo you every time you walk in the door.
1: Oh, she does. She does.
0: <laughs> you did this to me. <laughs> See, obviously, Thanksgiving's coming up this week, and um, I went back and looked last year. We really didn't do a Thanksgiving episode. We we gave ourselves the weeks off, or gave ourselves the week off last year, and um, this year we do no such thing. Um. So boss instead...
1: is a dick this here. I'm working overtime.
0: Yeah. So um, and who would the boss of this show be? You want to throw out a theory on
1: that? I think it's you. I think just by de facto, it's you.
0: I think that that's a theory that I don't really feel comfortable with. So we'll move on. Um, <laughs> my 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 guess was just going to be not Jack John. Yeah. Uh, it's actually Pookie. Uh, He's the when, one who actually knows when, what's going on around here.
1: It's fun. when we first Pookie, started this.
0: Pookie is our executive producer. Over at
1: here's a guy. <laughs> When we first started this podcast, I was like, I want to do it, but I want to make one thing clear. Other than recording in my own notes, I'm not doing anything else. Perfect. Great.
0: <laughs> you, you act like that. I'm we do assured, more than that. We'll put no effort into this show <laughs> yeah. whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. That's I want to in my contract, that I don't have that's, to do anything. It's yeah. just that classic. Like, Here's a guy charm, you know, Yeah. unprepared, not <laughs> thought through, <laughs> unwashed. So that's what sets us apart from other shows. Other shows, like, try to be, uh, like, prepared and good.
1: It, it's the family guy uh, bit. Uh, that's what separates us from other banks, is that other banks are a bank. Yeah. We zig where others zag. We zag
0: where others This zig. is our, uh... This is the first ever Crust Punk History podcast. Oh, God. Oh, that's gross. Um, we just try and be as low rent as possible. My self-esteem has people... never been lower than when you just said that. Were, were other people zig... Really? Okay, maybe floor. not. Wait, did you just say something, Jack-John? Uh, yeah, you guys cut out on my end, so maybe it was me. Well, you cut out on ours. Me. God, well, this is off to a good start. Um, where I was going with this is that since we didn't do a Thanksgiving episode last year, um, we're going to uh, double up on the merriment, um, and we will have three topics uh, for you later. But first, we're going to do what we're going to call an overstuffed opening segment. We have several things to talk about. Um, and let's start with this. So I think every podcast it's obligatory around Thanksgiving time to talk about, you know, what's going on your plate. Um, and there's, there's a broader point that we're going to get to, but real quick, let's just make, make the rounds for the three of you. What's always going on your Thanksgiving plate and what are you getting for dessert also? So, uh, I mean, for me, the standbys at our family, uh, I mean, there's the Turkey, of course, Mm -hmm. uh, our, our uh, family makes great turkey. Uh, mashed potatoes is always a favorite of mine. Year-round, I will eat mashed potatoes any day of the week for any reason. Um, also, the uh, I'm a green bean casserole guy. I don't know about oh, yeah. you guys, but uh, we will probably get into that. But uh, I'm a fan of green bean casserole. Uh, and, of course, the uh, dressing or stuffing, whichever one your family makes. I like them both. So. <laughs> Yeah, those are those are my staples, and then of course we've typically got other stuff just around that I'll I'll kind of pick and choose from. Um, for dessert, man, for thanks for pure Thanksgiving desserts, you you just you can't beat pumpkin pie. It, it can't be done. I don't think. Yeah, how, how about you, Jack? Because you're also yeah. very Midwestern.
1: Yeah. So again, turkey. Uh, I will uh, 100% agree with the green bean casserole. I have a. Home, or homemade recipe that I use where I make my own cream of mushroom and then Ooh, use fresh cool. green beans and it is amazing and I love it I did it once for a Friendsgiving like a month ago and I was like yep that's that's going in the every time pile now
0: this forever
1: yep Yeah, no. so doing that it's worth the effort absolutely it's like more like mushroomy and creamy like it's it's so Ooh. so. it's worth like the extra 45 minutes of work that I put yeah. into it uh, and maybe a controversial topic I'm a big uh, like candied yam guy Mm. Uh, but no matter what, my whole plate is getting smothered in a nice gravy. Like, oh, of course. Gravy on everything, even foods that don't need or require gravy.
0: Yeah, gravy's the, the even the pie. The, the STD of the <laughs> of the uh, Thanksgiving <laughs> plate. It just gets everywhere. Except you're happy yeah, about
1: it. If you put it just on your mashed potatoes, it's also just going to be on your stuffing and your turkey and everything else. So that's, you may that's well how just it's done. Beat it some yeah. punch. Yeah.
0: I actually. Yeah, I always put gravy on the turkey. Oh yeah. I actually, I don't. I don't do the green bean casserole, even though I love green beans. I think it's like cream of mushroom soup. I'm just not a big fan of. Although your homemade, I would like to try. That might change yeah. my opinion on things. I'll, um, I'll ship but, them out to your address. <laughs> but I always, I always do the turkey. And I know, like, in uh, Cody and I and our mom's family, something they like to do um, is there will be like. Cause we, we usually cook like a big Turkey and like, uh, our aunt will cook like a Turkey breast just so there's extra white meat around. And there will be one, cause you know, you got like the, the big foil, uh, uh, like dish, the big like pan that you put all the Turkey into one of them will just have like standing melted butter in the bottom oh of God. it. <laughs> so it's just Turkey, uh, just marinating in butter. And it's so oh. indulgent, but so good. Um, so I'm doing that. I'm doing the potatoes. And if somebody is occasionally on both sides of our family, we'll get this. Where someone will do... Are you familiar with the concept of uh, like um, make-ahead mashed potatoes? Where it's like in the crock pot and it has sour cream in it? Ooh, oh my god, it's good. good. Sour it's cream. So and good. Our, our mom makes one with uh, sour cream and cream cheese. Yeah, it's really ooh. good. It's ridiculously good. So I'm it's getting like nice some... Nice
1: and smooth, fuck yeah.
0: Whatever the, the mashed potatoes situation is, I'm getting some... Smothering everything in gravy. Um, since I'm not doing the green bean casserole, usually someone in our family will do a, a bunch of corn. And like, it's simple, it's corn, but it's it's good. So I'm getting it. Yeah. Um, getting I'm getting a roll or two. That's going on there. Um, sure. I prefer stuffing to dressing. I'm just kind of picky about it. But I mean, I'm like, it's going on the Thanksgiving plate. It's just kind of getting mixed into the bog of everything else. Yeah. You know. Um, and if there's you know. Sometimes someone will have a random side, like a, a cornbread casserole or something like that. That's that I'll, I'll get some of that. For dessert, it's it's always hard to say in advance. I mean, a pumpkin or a squash or a sweet potato pie. Oh, I do. If someone does make... We don't get this every year, but if someone does make the sweet potatoes with the marshmallows on top, I'm getting that. Um, oh, yeah. But whatever that pie is uh, of that kind of family of pies, I'll get some of that. But then we'll also have just like a, a ridiculous array of of desserts that our families made because that's kind of our thing so um really just depends on what's there i will i will try as much as i possibly can before i burst so that's our very like midwestern thanksgiving but something that that until you look around at it that we we don't really realize like there's the staples but outside of that there's a lot of variance just around the united states about what people eat for thanksgiving so for kind of a yeah of course in For, for example in Chicago they do deep dish turkey <laughs> I'm trying to think what that would even be just a turkey pot pie it's, well that sounds good though I like pot yeah, pie it's, <laughs> yeah. it's
1: a, a very thick crust a layer of turkey and then like two inches of
0: gravy that is like when people complain about deep dish pizza and they're like well it's just like a it's just like a casserole it's just like a, a, yeah. a big crust with like a, a pizza soup and they like yeah no shit that's delicious what are you talking <laughs> yeah. about yeah um, it may not be pizza, right. to your view, but tell yeah. me it tastes bad. Yeah. You it's, all,
1: it's also the thing where locals usually don't eat it. It's usually just tourists going to Chicago eating it. And I'm like, yeah, but it's still fucking delicious. Yeah.
0: So what I want to do for a thought exercise, let's go around the country and um, discuss some of the things other people are eating. And I'm going to ask you to, you know, is this going to go on your plate? And keep in mind, um, you're either going to have to try and squeeze this into your plate or... Um, you know, that, that's the consideration. It's going yeah. with your already existing plate or replacing something or, or whatever. So let's start with uh, the state of Maryland. Um, things that are traditionally part of, of Thanksgiving dinners in Maryland, um, among them sauerkraut, crab cakes, and corn on the cob. Any, I any of those gone on your plate? Yeah. 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 I think they just eat crab cakes twenty four seven, so that's a given. Yeah. But. <laughs> so, so for me, I I'm not a big seafood guy. Although I occasionally I'll have a crab food, crab cake, I like, but I'm I'm yeah. probably not fucking with that.
1: Uh, for me, the sauerkraut.
0: You know what? I'll mix that with the dressing. Sure, why not? And corn on the cob. Yeah, sure. Why the hell not? If it's
1: there. For me, I I don't know what I would do with the sauerkraut. If I'm going on a rule of like if I add one thing, I get to take one thing away. Uh, whatever dinner roll I was going to get, we're just going to replace that with crab cakes just to, yeah. just to try it once. But I also just love crab cakes. So anytime I can see that on a menu, I'm going for it.
0: I also love a good crab cake. That's going on there. I've in really just in the last year is, is I've mentioned when I took a trip to Milwaukee. Since then, I've come around some on sauerkraut. Um, but I, I don't think I'm going to involve it in my Thanksgiving plate. I can yeah. pass on that. And corn in the cob, like, I would rather just have, like, regular corn, but yeah. whatever.
1: Um, Unless there's, like, a hot dog or, like, a kielbasa sausage with that sauerkraut, it's just it's just weird that yeah. it would just be there.
0: Or a sandwich with some uh, corned beef and, and a t- uh, Thousand yeah. Island dressing. It, yeah.
1: it, if it's a Reuben, then yes, I'll eat it, yeah. but...
0: Right, moving. But up... Also, why is that at Thanksgiving? <laughs> <laughs> moving up the East Coast to New England, um, for the dinner portion they will often make stuffing with clams and oysters involved and will also do creamed onions, which are pretty much exactly what they sound like. And for dessert, they will have, um, uh, a treat called hasty pudding, which is, is uh, cornmeal, molasses, brown sugar, and spices. So what are we doing with these? All right. So first of all, uh, if you put clams and oysters in your stuffing, you belong in prison. <laughs> um, there is something deeply, deeply wrong with you. And, uh, you you what you have done is uh tantamount to sacrilege and you should be thrown into an active volcano um as far as the hasty pudding gotta say don't love the potential there i mean it could be good but i just i'm not taking the chance Um, so those two are gonna be a no from me
1: I guess I'm more of an adventurous eater. the the, the stuffing, while I don't think I'm going to go for it, it, does sound interesting. I would like steal some off somebody else's plate, but it's not going on mine. Um, and that dessert, honestly, I don't need a second slice of pumpkin pie. We'll we'll do like one slice of pumpkin pie and one slice of that pudding because that sounds too interesting to pass up.
0: Yeah, my as far th- as creamed onions, I I've never oh, yeah. had them, but I would try them.
1: It, yeah, it it doesn't sound like anything that's going to give me a new flavor it's just me like huh i didn't think about putting these two together
0: my thought on the hasty pudding is that if someone makes it once and just adds to the dessert spread just to see i will try it because i like sampling all the desserts um the stuffing with the clams and oysters yeah kind of the same thing i mean i'll try it but it just seems like even as someone who likes seafood it seems like you're unnecessarily complicating things yeah the creamed onions, creamed onions are just an outright pass for me. I, I don't see a <laughs> scenario where that is worth it for me. All right. So also in that same region, um, in New Jersey and in parts of uh, the New York City area where there's uh, a lot of uh, Italian-American families, a lot of times they will have uh, pasta dishes such as manicotti or ziti as an appetizer before the turkey. So what are we thinking there? It's so oh, a little yeah. different scenario. I mean, Absolutely. obviously manicotti and ziti are great. Is it going to ruin dinner for you? Is really the only. So what? Question no for fucking me. ziti now?
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> no. Um I I'm I'm, you know, I'm chancing it. It's Thanksgiving. I'm going to get real fat anyway. I don't care.
1: <laughs> I'm going to have to pass on this. I'm not taking the chance of filling up on pasta before like the top meal of the year. I'm I'm leaving it as empty as possible. You know, some little finger foods like some salami, some like some pickles and cream cheese. Like I can do some of those, but I'm not going heavy carb as an appetizer. Yeah. I'm just
0: going to be realistic with myself. If someone puts manicotti or ziti in front of me, I'm going to have some, unless it just (laughs) for some reason looks horrible. Um, in which case I'll pass on it. But you know, it's, if it's there, I mean, eyeball in it or something. Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to pass. If it's there, I'm eating it. That's just the reality. Um, all right. So, um, Moving down the coast, so in the south, one of the big things is um, they they have mac and cheese as a, a, a main side for Thanksgiving dinner. They also will do collard greens and okra pickles. Ooh. Ooh. I have never had pickled okra, but I've heard it's fantastic, mm-hmm. and I like pickles, so yeah, sure. Mac and cheese, you know, I've heard uh, there are people around here who do that for Thanksgiving, too. We've never really done it. Mm-hmm. I've got all the carbs I need at this point. Um, it's not that I don't love mac and cheese, but I'm not sacrificing the the potatoes for that. So uh, I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna skip the mac and cheese. It's gonna hurt my heart a little bit to do so, but uh, yeah, I think I'm I think I'm leaving that alone.
1: Yeah, um, because with my family and how we've uh, like lived, I just assumed mac and cheese was already on my plate. So that's not anything like that I need to add. It was just already accounted right, for in the right. meal. As far as like the pickled okra, that just sounds interesting. I love okra. Like I've only ever had fried okra. But pickled okra is definitely going on the plate if I can make room for it.
0: For me like mac and cheese, similar thing with uh, the pasta. I mean if it's there I'm eating it. It's it's especially if someone does a nice like baked mac and cheese like I make. Oh. Um. Oh, if it's fancy mac and cheese, sure. Yeah. yeah. I'll have no, a little... no blue
1: box. No blue yeah. box. Fuck that.
0: Um, the okra pickles, I like okra, but I don't like pickled things. I will try one, but it's not going on my plate. It's not taking up space. Collard greens, the the thing with collard greens, you you can't really put it on the plate. You have to get like a separate little bowl because you need the broth, but I am getting some because I love collard greens. Yeah. I forgot about the collards. Yeah, I'm getting some of those too. Um, going further down to Florida, the only thing I saw really different for them than uh, the rest of the Southeast um, instead of pumpkin pie, a lot of parts of Florida, the main pie will be key lime pie. So, how do we think about that change? Or cocaine.
1: <laughs> I was waiting for you to just say, "and a gun."
0: I, Methamphetamine. Uh, you know, I like, I like key lime pie. Our dad loves key lime pie, yeah. but it's not a, it's not a Thanksgiving. I wouldn't even say it's a winter food, really. So I, I'm thinking it's 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 a good dessert but wrong vibe for what we're going for I'm gonna stick with the pumpkin
1: uh yeah it's it's probably gonna end up snowing here uh, I can't eat like a tropical fruit in the snow it just feels like I'm lying to myself
0: It does pain me to say as a huge fan of citrus um, like someone who like all through the winter will just gobble down grapefruits like it's nothing i'm I'm in agreement I mean I think we kind of have the pie situation. I mean, then south, like really the the better pie situation is going to be the sweet potato pie. We have that occasionally, yeah. but down south, that's a big sweet thing. Sweet potato, it is really or depending depending on where you're at, you get some of the best fucking pecan pie in the world. Oh, yeah, yeah absolutely. And that is something I love. I love pecan pie. Pecan pie is excellent, absolutely. <clears throat> All right, so... Um... Hell, I, if, if that's there, that might overtake the pumpkin for me, but yeah. we didn't have that on the list, so... So let's uh, start moving west a little bit. Um, Wisconsin, the only thing I found different is that uh, instead of regular mashed potatoes, they will often do cheesy mashed potatoes.
1: How do we feel well, about that? Well, of course. That makes sense, honestly.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it is Wisconsin, after all. I, you know, hell, um, I personally, with a Thanksgiving dinner, I would prefer regular mashed potatoes mm. to cheesy, but if cheesy is what yeah. what's there, you're not going to hear me complain.
1: Also yeah. my thoughts, yeah. If I've got the two options, I'm taking regular, but I don't hate the cheesy potatoes. Yeah,
0: I think the regular mashed potatoes will work better with the rest of the meal, but you know, a cheesy I'm I'll eat it. I'm not going to I'm not going to throw a big fit. <laughs> I mean, my my thing with cheesy mashed potatoes is if if you're going to do some kind of cheese and potato thing, get a little ambitious, make an au gratin or something. Yeah,
1: say so do some scalloped yeah. potatoes, yeah.
0: yeah. Uh going slightly west to Minnesota. Uh they have something as a side that's called wild rice casserole and i didn't find the particulars other than it involves it, it almost has the consistency of a jambalaya from what it looks like mm-hmm. and it has wild rice, mushrooms, pecans and onions. Ooh hell yeah, i'll i'll take a scoop of that. Yeah, for sure.
1: I like all those ingredients separately, but you lost me with the pecans in there. I don't i don't know how that texture is going to balance out with like mushrooms and everything. So I don't know, but I'm willing to try. Mm-hmm. I'm going to wait for, like, two other people and get different confirmed reports on if it's good.
0: I'd like to sample it, but if, if it if it came down to kicking something I really like off the plate for it, then I'm probably not going to. Okay, heading down to South Texas. Um, turkey tamales. Something, that's something that you'll see uh, from time to time. How do we feel about that? You know, um... I love a tamale, so it, it's not going to feel like Thanksgiving, but again, if that's what's there, as opposed to a regular turkey, give me the fucking thing. I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll eat it for sure.
1: I am a huge fan of tamales. There's a local place to me called the Tamale Place, which is like one of yes. the best foods. Mm-hmm. Um, I, so... uh,
0: yeah, I went there uh, not this last time I visited, but the time before it
1: was yeah. very good. Yeah, so anything tamale, automatically on the plate.
0: <clears throat> yeah, nice thing about a tamale, too, is you can uh, you kind of just, like, balance it on top of the other yeah. food on the plate and, and, and work mm-hmm. your way to it. So, yeah. you know, you can add it's one safely little... without having to kick anything else off the plate. Yeah.
1: It, it's got the corn husk around it probably mm-hmm. still, so you can kind of keep some of that moisture out from other things. Right. Also, uh, the, the local place, to me, they do a sweet corn tamale, which is cool. almost like a dessert tamale, which is would go perfectly with that, too.
0: Yeah. Yeah, the corn husk gives you a little little Thanksgiving imagery there too. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: So speaking of the Southwest and uh, Tex-Mex kind of stuff, in New Mexico they'll do pumpkin empanadas. Oh. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm going to try one of those. I bet that's good, actually. Yeah. That sounds really good.
1: Yes. I don't get enough authentic empanadas into my body, so yeah, <laughs> no, absolutely throwing that in there. That that is
0: probably something I would do in lieu of uh, rolls. Yeah, I'd be thinking pumpkin empanada. Um, the Pacific Northwest—just always a source, always something <laughs> fucking, fucking weird. God damn it!
1: Oh, there. This is going to be the part that breaks me. <laughs>
0: of course, they yeah, just do is, a bunch of uh, weird shit. Of course, the yeah, of course, the Oregon staple: mashed potatoes and marijuana. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so so get this: some of the the regional delicacies of Thanksgiving in the Pacific Northwest, mushroom gravy. Oyster dressing and venison as a a possible alternative to turkey or to go along with the turkey. So I've had mushroom gravy on stuff before. It's good. Um, If that's the kind of gravy they got, I'm not going to complain. Venison instead of turkey. No, no, (laughs) I I don't hate venison, but it's fucking Thanksgiving, people. What's wrong with you?
1: I feel like if you're getting venison at Thanksgiving You're going to your divorced dad's house Like, <laughs> like he's he's like Look kids this is what the fuck it's we're in, doing Your mom it,
0: told me no for years And it's in jerky form
1: Yeah <laughs> All of your Thanksgiving foods are in jerky form Alright and uh, If you guys uh, help me I've got some freeze dried Milk powder that we're going to make for later to, to help make this gravy <laughs> Yeah
0: I'm Dad sure. where's the green bean casserole jerky Mushroom gravy, probably not. I mean, if it's yeah. the only gravy, I'll have some. But yeah. um, if they're doing some turkey gravy too, uh, uh, it's going to be a no for me. Same with like, I don't, I don't know what the fascination is about doing a, a stuffing or dressing incorporating shellfish, but um, yeah. strange. I've made my not doing thoughts it. on that perfectly clear. <laughs> yeah. I think. And also venison, really never. It, this is like sacrilege coming from someone from West Central Illinois. It's fine. I've
1: never loved venison. Yeah. I think it's just fine
0: yeah
1: it's, it's okay it's, it's, everything about this sounds like you're getting thanksgiving out of an mre i'm yeah. out
0: so finally and this was this one i'm excited about to hear you guys thoughts on this let's go to utah oh no <laughs> oh <Never laughs> utah, to utah utah the the folks in utah um they have something called frog eye salad okay and uh what Frog Eye Salad is, and actually there's a regional uh, foods account that I saw this featured on, and it looks interesting. It's um, a Cine de Pepe pasta, which they're little like round pastas, which is where the frog's eye comes in. So those okay. little pastas, pineapples, mandarin oranges, Cool Whip, and marshmallow topping. So it's like a little like fruit salad with pasta. Yeah. Fruit salad, I think. Okay. You know, would I try that if someone offered it to me? I guess. Am I moving anything off my plate for that? Hell no. Also, Utah is the most boring state in the union. Why do they have to get creative with this? (laughs) Like, I thought it was going to be, it's Utah. I thought it was going to be just milk.
1: (laughs) Look, white people need to be stopped. And we're starting with Utah. just I've had fruit salad. It's good. For a lot of reasons. Yes, but also but also, firstly this and then everything else.
0: I'm going to try it um, in part because I'm tickled by how just so delightfully Mormon this, this <laughs> dish is. So I'm definitely going to try it. It's probably not too bad. Um, I mean, Cool Whip is involved. It can't be that bad. So um, I'll get that. I mean, our family, I mean, let's be honest. We've done just like cherry jello with slices of banana in it. That was that's was a favorite for a long time who are we to judge you know yeah so that's all i got and um i i thought that was interesting if uh, any of you out there have uh any thoughts of your own um feel free to shoot us an email at here's a mailbox at gmail.com with any thoughts on any of those or if your family has any weird food traditions or anything of the like
1: yeah send send to the gmail account a picture of the weirdest thing at your table i want alex to have to go through this (laughs)
0: All right, so the the next thing in our overstuffed opening topic, um, what'll well, start out on a bit of a somber note, but then uh, 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 be a little more uplifting. I mean, Thanksgiving it's a family about or a, a holiday about family after all, which is a topic we're going to revisit later. But um, Cody and I we wanted to take an opportunity uh, one of these weeks to do this, and it seems like a, a perfect time to do it. Um, our grandfather. Uh, on our mom's side, our grandpa, Benny, he passed away last month and what he liked, you know, among other, you know, among, you know, his family and other things, he really loved telling stories. And I think that's where, I mean, honestly, both sides of the family is where we get that Yeah, we, we got it with both barrels, yeah. really the, yeah. we were going to be long-winded bastards regardless, <laughs> I think. But anybody who knew him will tell you he was a man. He had some unbelievable stories. I mean, he was, uh, he was 92, you know, he grew up in, uh, the thirties and forties in just BFE, you know, on a farm in West central Illinois, you know, lived Had through nine the depression, siblings. nine siblings, and his son- family was <laughs> dirt poor for much of his upbringing and the stories he would tell about growing up and, and the stuff that he and his, his siblings would get into really the stuff of legends. So we, we, Cody and I kind of wanted to go around the horn and, uh, um, you know share some of our favorites and Jack John if you have any thoughts or questions
1: because yeah. yes. <laughs> this
0: will be your your first time hearing all these Ooh, um yes. so Cody I'll I'll give the floor to you for the absolute best one and I'll set the stage though by saying um he and all his siblings they went to um school in this little one room schoolhouse that still stands Cody and I've been in it um that was like basically got right a bunch at, of fucking bees in there right yeah. now <laughs> It was basically did a couple of years ago yeah, last time I was in there. Um was essentially just right across the road from where the farm was. Um and they all went there, Just packed in those little one room schoolhouse and just the shit that they would do to try and get out of of going to school was unbelievable. And there's one Cody we know which one the best one is. So I'll let you tell that one. So, yeah, first of all, let's uh so our grandpa himself was always like he's always been a, you know, a, a normal, well adjusted kind of guy. Yeah, responsible. Um he didn't get into he didn't get into a whole lot of trouble himself, which is really insane considering what his brothers were like. Uh in particular, his brothers, uh Charlie and Sonny, uh would really get into some shit. And uh I I think the best one of all time they had this teacher and they would just torture this poor woman. Like they had, they, they were very clever, but God damn, their sense of humor was, was vicious. So their greatest hit was one of these days, one of these kids is probably Charlie uh, learned how to tie a noose. Oh no. So of course they got an idea. Sunny being the smallest of them uh they had him take his shirt off and then they looped the noose around like under his armpits and then took, uh put his shirt back on over it and then they hung him from one of the branches in the trees about four feet off the ground and then they went and got the teacher and said look what we done to sonny look what we done to sonny oh my god <laughs> The woman lost her damn mind and it probably, Charlie, shit. sonny just started laughing that's what ended the bit yeah, he couldn't S- sonny couldn't keep character it was like the end, the ending of that WrestleMania when they did it to the big boss man, Jack. It, it, it was basically that. Um, another thing they did to this poor woman um, was there was just a, like, you know, there was an outhouse next to the schoolhouse, you know, and um, to to get out of class, they waited until she went to that, you know, to use the outhouse. And they found that, like, you know, whatever you would call the receptacle under underneath the outhouse, just the, the big thing underground they found they could like they could move something out from over the top of it and stick just like a big board down into it and so they waited until the woman went in and sat down and they stuck the board down in there and then like jumped or just pushed on one end of it so it just flung all the mess up onto her and onto her dress and she had to go home and she had to cancel class (laughs) um like and then there'd be more banal stuff like them just like you know uh, when they leave for for school like they'd uh, undo a fence and let the cows loose so sonny, they knew yeah, so they <laughs> let the cows out on purpose yeah so they knew like back they're, then yeah back back then if your mom or dad comes to the schoolhouse and says hey the cows are out or we need something <laughs> with the farm it was expected that you get to leave because yeah, that yeah. was I mean that was the area's whole economy. And yeah. you needed all those kids to help you because nobody had money for hired hands back then.
1: Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Every family's cow got out this morning. What are the odds? <laughs>
0: um, so that was... that was. Yeah, our great-grandpa used to get so pissed at them for letting
1: those cows out. <laughs> oh, I bet. I
0: bet. Um, there were also some stories from later on after the one-room schoolhouse from some of the hunting trips he used to take with yep. uh, a bunch of his sons-in-law. Uh, There are some pretty great ones there. Uh, There was one... Was it ducks that they had killed a bunch of? And then they were staying in a hotel somewhere. What it was 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 they found um, a turkey farm and uh, they uh, decided it would be a good idea to steal one (laughs) um, and uh, and bring it back. So, uh, yeah, and they were staying in a hotel and, of course, they had to dress the turkey. And uh, it was stolen, so... Um, you know they couldn't do it out in the open, so they were just trying to do it in this hotel room, and like trying to like flush all the innards and shit down the toilet, and it was just clogging up. Our grandma was so fucking oh mad. <laughs> um, of course, probably. Um, I was talking to I think it was our our uncle John that was telling us this. Uh, but one of the guys that was uh, our one of our aunt's first husbands was just a real character and he used to apparently for for purposes of practical jokes they had he had this comically large dildo <laughs> that uh they referred to as old peck and uh he would bring him along on these trips to prank. i, I remember one time specifically um they were in uh, like a grocery store or something and <clears throat> uh i think it was john maybe one of the guys like uh, dave this guy's name was fucking around with this thing of course Uh, and one of the other guys is like would you fucking knock that off we're in public and like takes the thing away from him and stuffs it into his coat pocket and this guy looks at the lady behind the counter and goes miss excuse me this guy just put something in his pocket i think he's stealing (laughs) from you Trying to get her to make him empty his pockets. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're them traveling around the things they'd see. Um, and I was, they, they, and they say they encountered a guy uh, like they were, they'd gotten some fruit and they just stopped on the side of the road. And a guy came walking up oh, fuck,
1: I uh, forgot about carrying that. a
0: satchel. And he goes, uh, you know, can I have some fruit? And they're like, yeah, sure. And he grabs some fruit and he opens a satchel. And he's got a goddamn duck in there and he feeds the duck. <laughs> the guy just moves on. Um, yeah. I mean, that's just that's pure good. Americana. Um, some other from, from the upbringing, like, just to entertain these themselves, these kids, the shit they'd have to come up with. I remember I'm talking about they'd have pet flies, which is somehow they would... I don't know how in the world they did this, but they would catch flies and, like, wrap a, a string around them and then attach the other end of the string to their shirts. So they would just have, like, all these flies, like, just flying off of their shirt. Looked like the fucking candy man. Yeah. yeah. Um, he also, he, he told me, I think this was last year, he told me that, um, like, there was a railroad that, that went through that area, and occasionally, um, a train that was hauling something would crash and would get everywhere, and uh, the, the, the worst version of such was there was a train that was hauling molasses, oh. and it's... And it crashed, and it just spilled all over. He said it took so long for them to get that cleaned up. I mean, can you also, imagine? I don't know if you've ever—I don't know if you've ever smelled molasses. It smells disgusting. Like and I'm sure sitting out in the hot awful. sun made it even worse too. Yeah. But his favorite, because yeah, in the hot sun, it basically just becomes tar. But his favorite such incident was there was a—I don't know if it was like Wrigley's train or what, but some like candy company. Um, a train that was hauling a ton of bubble gum crashed. And so, like, all the kids from the area just got to come and, like, scoop up as much
1: bubble gum as they wanted.
0: It was like now Santa I'm came just, through.
1: I'm just imagining your grandpa just, like, having a train schedule and be like, nope, we're not going to crash this one. Nope, we're not going to crash this one. Ooh, baseball card train. We're crashing this one. <laughs> it would have been one of his siblings. But yeah. <laughs> um, When he was going
0: to high school, because it, it was. Very controversial. He was the first kid in the family to go to high school. Um, and it was very important to him. I mean, he was a really smart kid. Our great grandpa, you know, he was a farmer. He did not approve of it. Um, but, uh, he did and he graduated. And one of his, one of his friends that he had was this guy named Shorty Coonline, and Shorty, uh, had dwarfism. So he was very short. Um, and they would ride their bikes all the way into town but, like, they didn't have, like, a, a small bike for Shorty. He just had to ride, like, a normal-sized bike. And his legs were so short, he'd have to, like... Just to pedal the bike, you'd have to wobble back and forth. And apparently the friction would, like, frequently, like, rub holes in the back of his pants. <laughs> so poor oh, Shorty no. would have to go to school with a hole in the back of his pants. <laughs> oh, um, my God, no. But that was, like... That was kind of the thing with our grandpa. He always, he always found himself um, drawn to people that were like different in some way or that other people looked he, at. Strangely. He had a thing for underdogs. Yeah. yeah. Like when he was, he was the County treasurer. He, he had a good friend named Hawkeye white, who is a guy oh, who's a guy from Hogye. town yep. who just had some stuff wrong with him. He was slow and just loved to hang around the courthouse and people let him do it. But like our grandpa, like just, just took a liking to him and uh, took him under his wing and like when he was out doing campaign stuff, he'd let Hawkeye come with him and, and help him out with stuff. Um, but another character he talked about... Um, I think this was maybe when he was a little older. Was their their farmhand, Slim. Slim oh, yeah. was supposedly dumbest SOB. <laughs> and the one story everyone knows about Slim is that... This was around the time that they got a TV. And if there'd be a woman on the TV... And her cleavage would be shown at all. Slim would like walk up to the TV and try and look down her shirt. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um He he also at, at least he didn't grab the screen and make AUGA noises. One that I would have loved to have dug into a little bit more, but I remember him telling me about it, is like back in those days, I mean, baseball was huge, and not just, you know, you'd listen to the Cardinals play on the radio, but uh, like, towns would just have their own teams, and just the towns would play each other. And some of the shenanigans, since we were close enough in proximity to St. Louis, is they would, like, hire actual, like, Cardinals or St. Louis Browns players as ringers and just, like, sneak them up on the train overnight, and they would act like <laughs> nothing was any different. Like, yeah, this is just one of the guys from our towns. And it would get yeah. very heated. That was something that uh, actually... That was big all across the country, and a lot of teams did that. Especially like your your second and third string guys that you know mm-hmm. maybe were gonna have a contract next year, maybe weren't weren't getting to play, but are still miles better than your average just you know guy who's out there tilling his field all day. Yeah, yeah. That was a that was a big thing. The other one, Cody, do you remember more of the details in this? The story you told us about. Um in the area that he lived when the one guy decided he just wanted to move his house to a different location and they, yeah. th- and, they and like the entire area came together and they uh-huh. just like, they like put a bunch of logs under, under the house. Yeah, somehow. It, they, they made basically <laughs> your classic. Um, oh fuck. I wish I could remember what, what it's called, but like how they think they <clears throat> built the pyramids where you set something very heavy <clears throat> on top of like a set of logs or things that roll and then you uh move it that way so that's this guy decided um and there was some reason for this like he had a legit reason i I don't remember if it was there was an erosion problem where he was at but basically he there was some i think structural issue with him leaving his house there um so the entire area, because who the hell had something better to do back then? Nobody. Uh, Came together with a bunch of horses and farm equipment and just fucking everybody brought everything they had. <laughs> and they managed to lift this house up and get it on this thing and move it about, about a half mile down the road. Something like that. Maybe quarter Jesus. mile. I think, like, didn't they have to go uphill, too, at one point? Like, <laughs> yeah. it's just crazy. And it, it, but I mean, the way. You know, he talked about it like they all kind of enjoyed the challenge. Oh, I'm sure. The, oh, can well, you imagine that would like, that, was like was exciting, these, these that was like the most exciting these guys. That was the most exciting day all year for him. I'm sure. Uh, Jesus. Um. Uh, so those are the the ones that I really remember. Cody, do you do you have any more that you remember? Those are really Not the the high points. Off the top of my head, um, there was, um. Oh hell uh outside of him marrying grandma on his 18th birthday there's really not much else that was uh that's jumping out at me i'm sure more will occur to something i've actually been considering doing for a while is like getting a google docs file together and starting to write some of this stuff Mm -hmm. down just so i know somebody remembers it for sure um so yeah i'm probably going to be uh this thanksgiving actually mining some stories from some people to see if there's anything they remember that i don't so yeah uh any anything fun we turn up there we will uh certainly share with you as well we we know uh he would absolutely uh, he would absolutely love it he of course never was a podcast uh no person being in his 90s and couldn't have figured (laughs) out how to work a podcast but uh we we like to think he would have been pretty happy and uh you know this is the kind of thing he would have would have really dug so yeah uh yeah just uh, a little another peek behind the curtain of why we are the way we are right and uh yeah hope you all enjoyed that little bit of uh, family lore so um you know speaking of family lore you'll want to put a pin in that for a little bit later but um before we get there we have one more thing in our in our um overstuffed opening segment that I wanted to get to. Um and I, I I must do this because it will not be more topical than it is right now. Um as mentioned last week the World Cup just started. Um and I was watching the opening match on Sunday morning which is uh, a a good way to to experience soccer is uh you know watching it on a Sunday morning before football comes on. Um Opening match was Qatar versus Ecuador. And I'm watching this match, and this guy for Ecuador, who I think they said is like their all-time leading scorer, he scores two goals, and he gets hurt during the game, but, but was just just tearing Qatar to shreds. And they mentioned the name. The guy's name was Ener Valencia. And something went off in my head. Where do I know that name from? And then I, I thought, you know what I should do? I should go check the uh, the, the Google Doc for all my possible guy <laughs> topics that I have listed. Sure enough, there's Ener Valencia. So I wanted to go ahead and give you all a little bonus guy. Um, and this will be short, but I, I wanted to make mention of this. Here's why I had Ener Valencia down. And here's why I propose um, he becomes the official guy uh, of the World Cup. Um, here's a guy who is adopting him as our, as our uh, player. So, um, in a World Cup qualifying match in October of 2016, Ecuador was facing Chile, and uh, Ecuador won 3-0. The end of the match was a lot more interesting than the match itself. Uh, Valencia collapsed and had to be carried off on a stretcher with an oxygen mask, which is quite alarming, but fear not. Valencia was not actually injured. What had happened was that Enter Valencia was $17,000 behind on his child support, there was a warrant out for him, and the police had arrived at the stadium. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> so in the video footage, you see the medics, they rush Valencia away, while the cops are just like running down the side of the pitch to arrest him before the ambulance gets away. Uh, and They were unsuccessful, uh, and this bought Valencia's attorney enough time to get the warrant recalled. So enter Valencia, a true embodiment of the spirit of guidem <laughs> And I propose the official uh, guy for our podcast of this World Cup. You know, that really speaks to uh, he's a great guy for soccer because they have a long, rich tradition of pretending to be hurt. Yeah. Yeah, usually it's just to, like, earn a cheap penalty or something <laughs> or to <laughs> yeah. kill some time. Um, yeah, same reason basketball and football players do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But to
1: you avoid. Gotta, you got to think he's a team leader. Go in the extra mile to avoid arrest. So he get in for the next game.
0: Yeah, and not only arrest, but arrest for not paying your child support. That's about as guy as it gets. Yeah, yeah. It, soccer star slash deadbeat dad is not uh, necessarily <laughs> the, the Venn diagram that uh, you you, you <coughs> picture when you think of crossover uh, between groups. But right, there's at least one. So I, I don't know what Enner's injury status is, whether uh, he'll be back playing. But if you do watch any more of Ecuador's matches, uh, something to keep in mind. And so that's all for our uh, overstuffed uh, opening segment. And uh, we could go on even longer if we really wanted to. But that's not why we're here. Let's let's stop delaying the inevitable and uh, um, get to some guys. Jack, John, could you help me out, please?
1: Uh, yeah, I think I remember it. It's uh, the guys. Thank you. So I'm
0: up first this week. I have been holding on to this topic specifically for our Thanksgiving episode. My guy this week is Dick Orville Kennedy. He went mainly by Orville, but in my opinion, Dick is a lot more appropriate. Orville was a career criminal and fugitive from justice in the middle of the country back in the 30s. So you may be wondering, why are we discussing some random crook from a century ago, and moreover, why are we doing so for a Thanksgiving episode? Well, <clears throat> as we mentioned, Thanksgiving is a holiday that's all about family. And Dick Orville Kennedy just so happens to be Cody and I's great-great-uncle. Here's where the dramatic soap opera music sting comes in.
1: That is
0: That's right. Fantastic. We're breaking new ground on Here's a Guy for the first time that we know of. We're discussing a guy who the hosts happen to be related to. Yeah. um, If we didn't give you enough uh, dirty laundry (laughs) about the complete lunatics that populate our family uh, in that opening segment, rest assured there is more. Well, yeah, we we, we started off the episode by talking about perhaps the best man in our family. Now we're going to talk about probably the worst.
1: I'm so excited for this new development here. Yeah.
0: So Cody and I, our relation to Orville is that he was our maternal grandmother's uncle. Um, Our grandma, Virginia, maiden name Kennedy, um, who was married to our grandpa, who we were just talking about. Her dad's name was Wilbur, a.k.a. Doc Kennedy. And Orville was Doc's brother. So the funny thing about the Kennedy side of the family to me has always been... Our grandma Jen was a really nice, lovely person. Her sister, our great aunt Doris, was the same way. But the candidates overall have a lot of what we could call uh, bad seeds. Yeah, and as nice as Grandma was, I mean, you've heard some of the same stories I have. You you don't you didn't piss her off. Oh, hold that thought. We'll come back to that. <laughs> yeah. Our great grandpa Doc Kennedy died before our time, but from everything we've heard, he wasn't really a bad guy. But he was a huge jerk, like especially to his own family members. This made him perhaps the most upstanding of that generation of Kennedys. Um, As Cody mentioned, our grandma she had a bit of that mean streak in her back in her younger years, but she would wield it for good. Um, One story I remember in particular: um, our grandma worked as a lunch lady. Uh, the elementary school for a long, long time. And there was just, and I, am sure she'll never listen to this, uh, if she's even still alive, which, uh, she probably Hope hopefully not. hasn't. Yeah. But, um, the, there was this really, really nasty old, old lady who worked at the elementary school named Mrs. Cummings.
1: She yeah, was there for a long time. A, she
0: just she, a bitch of Rooney Dooney. Yeah, she retired. Yes. She retired early in our tenure at the elementary school. So that's how long she lasted. Um, but so our grandma was a lunch lady and miss Cummings would often get put on a uh, lunchroom duty. Cause that's kind of what you do with both the nicest and the meanest people who work at the school. You put them on lunchroom duty. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. This, I, I, I don't blame her for being so angry because she clearly hated children and was yeah. Yeah, forced to supervise a room full of them at yeah. their rowdiest. Yeah.
1: That kind of job you either like do it because you love kids or you have an exceptional ability to just be <clears throat> cruel to kids yeah
0: and on that on that note of cruelty apparently her one of her favorite punishments and this is just so fucked up to do is she would just have kids go stand on the wall and wouldn't let them eat their food so they just they just wouldn't get to eat lunch and the lunch ladies were apparently unaware of this until one day um our grandma noticed that Miss Cummings had inflicted uh, this punishment on our cousin Chris, one of her other grandchildren. She yeah, is, I'm
1: sure deserved it. Well,
0: yeah. But, but, but still, the punishment's not That's you, you can't do that to a <laughs> Chris kid. Chris was a bit of a hellraiser when he was a kid too. But
1: it, it, I'm sure it was worth it, but you also can't have capital punishment for second. Right. <clears throat> yeah.
0: And apparently our grandma just fucking laid into this lady and just chewed her ass out in front of everybody and that was the end of that policy. And um, then
1: there was a kid that stood up and yelled, Grandma fight, and everyone went wild.
0: <laughs> so if you wonder where uh, I get my Cummins ability didn't to... didn't want any of
1: that smoke.
0: If you wonder where we get our ability to go on a good rant, that is basically where that comes from, is our grandmother. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I said, yeah, she wielded there's... it She wielded it for good. Um, whereas Grandpa, uh, great-grandpa Doc was, was kind of just a prick. But he, he was more of a prick than a truly bad person. The same could not be said for other members of that clan... There have been legends about one of the Kennedys having a bit of an issue with uh like exposing himself to girls in the family. Um Oof. and depending on who you ask, either they uh they put him on an outbound train and told him not to come back or they may have just, you know, just disappeared him. Um <laughs> that story is just kind of all subject to family rumor, but unfortunately, the bad behavior of Orville Kennedy is a matter of public record. So I have two sources for this. One is a um well, it's an FBI bulletin from nineteen forty two. Um Yeah. Yeah, he, he wasn't a a he didn't play minor league. No, ball. no, I he mean, did he not. was we'll get into all he this. He was
1: in it to win it. You gotta love when your family's twenty three and me has a dot link <laughs> in it.
0: What well, is this crazy reason this FBI bulletin, like listing the family members like, yeah, that's our that's our great grandfather listed as his brother. That's our great great grandmother. Um but the other source is um, something that our, our cousin, Alan Dale, wrote. Um, I'll mention Alan Dale int- briefly. I didn't know him very well, but he he was an interesting guy. Um, he passed away a few years ago. I th- He was uh, our mom's first cousin because Doc Kennedy was also his grandfather. Um, especially, the, the deal with Alan Dale was, like, especially later in his life, he was, like, really heavy and had a lot of health issues. But he was just this very smart, thoughtful guy, um, and he liked... He loved writing. He wrote a lot of stuff. Um, so uh, in preparation for this, my mom sent me this passage uh, from Alan about Orville Kennedy. The note from us is that this info mostly came from great-grandpa Doc. Um, and I think, frankly, Doc was bullshitting him about a lot of this. <laughs> so I'll tell these twin accounts, but I feel confident saying that the FBI's version is the correct one. So, So keep that in mind.
1: Rare air. The FBI is probably the most true. Right.
0: So here's the family version. Uh, Like all rural Midwestern families, we have stories about connections with the Native Americans. All right? Mm -hmm. There have always been stories about our great-great-grandma Emma and her family living with the Osage tribe for a time out in Oklahoma before returning. I have no idea to what degree any of that is true. Um but apparently the story that, that Doc Kennedy told is that when he was a baby, our great-great-grandma Emma took him to live uh, with her to live on the Osage Reservation, in Oklahoma, and the chief just thought the absolute world a baby Doc and wanted to adopt him, but Emma was worried they'd kidnap him, and so they fled back to Illinois. That sounds like some grade-A Doc Kennedy bullshit right there, yeah. if I must say. <laughs> Don't think that's true. As for Orville's backstory... Uh, Doc told Alan that uh, Orville was sent to live out in the Osage Reservation as a young man. He got in a fight over a woman in Stillwater, Oklahoma. He killed a man. He hijacked a train. He killed the railroad guard and made it back to Greene County, Illinois, which is where he was from. So everything in Alan's account after that is accurate, but it seems likely that none of that story is true. Okay, like there are definitely, <laughs> there are definitely some parallels, but not that's not what the FBI's research dug up. I think that story also gives way to the other family legend that I used to hear about Orville, which is that he was a train robber, which nothing, there was never anything concrete about that. I think that was all like third-hand stories. So according to the FBI, Orville was born in 1901 in Greene County. He was one of those kids who was just a shithead from day one. As a, as a boy, he was actually like quasi feral, like it. Rather than being at home, he would just go live in a tent out in the woods um, without his parents' permission. And he would sustain himself by hunting and by his favorite, his lifelong favorite activity, stealing shit. He had the proverbial sticky fingers.
1: So he's just like (laughs) robbing like convenience stores and eating squirrel meat out in like barely what you would consider woods. Exactly. Fuck yeah.
0: By age 13, he regularly carried both a rifle and a pistol everywhere he went. On several occasions, uh, warrants were put out for his arrest for this or that, but, and this is a direct quote from the bulletin, he always managed to dodge the officers until his relatives had an opportunity to contact the complainants filing such warrants and make the necessary adjustments without due process of law. So that could really mean anything from giving them their stuff back to buying them off to threatening them. I mean, who's to say, really? But yeah. but regardless, this began Orville's other favorite activity, uh getting away with shit. <laughs> Stealing shit and getting away with shit are his two favorite hobbies. Yeah, he's he's kind of uh he's kind of the anti-Ronnie Biggs in that yep. he's got the second <laughs> half down as well. At age 15, Orville, O F T to Texas. He started working on a ranch. And things were actually pretty calm for him for a while. Until 1924, when he was sent to the state farm for, of course, illegally making whiskey. Because, after all, it's the 1920s yeah. and this is a crook uh, in BFE. So, of course, he's moonshining.
1: Yeah, An so, Irish crook, <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. At, at this point, it's it's were you making Whiskey, or were you just making bad whiskey and you couldn't like get enough money to sell off people for telling you? Well, I don't know. This
0: how... is uh, this is during Prohibition.
1: Yeah, like <laughs> if you had 20, good whiskey, so... you could probably get away with it. I think.
0: Yeah, I don't know how you got caught moonshining back then. Yeah, I don't know what you had to do because everyone was doing <laughs> it.
1: Everyone's like, "Hey, somebody, somebody really bad wandered on your that
0: guy. <laughs> somebody wandered on your still in the woods and realized all the trees had died."
1: like hey there's a tent uh, there's a tent a bunch of like candy wrappers and was oh, that oh yeah that's whiskey yeah it's whiskey we should we should look into this yeah we should arrest you um
0: yeah really I should probably you know defend my family's honor and get offended uh if people were to accuse the candidates of being like Irish trash but like <laughs> in fr- there's not a lot beating the allegations at this point no <laughs> the whiskey I hadn't even considered that aspect of it um yeah his sentence on the State Farm began on May 21st, 1924, and by uh, October 20th of 1924, he had already escaped from prison. Um, this time, authorities found him just five days later. He would remain incarcerated until March of 1927. After being released, Orville moved to Kansas. There's some dispute as to what exactly happened during his time in Kansas. Uh, law enforcement in Illinois later told the fbi they'd heard he was arrested in 1929 in liberal kansas real place i looked it up there is a town huh. called liberal in kansas Ah, oh. could have fooled interesting. me interesting <clears throat> arrested in 1929 in liberal kansas for cattle rustling uh sure. again yeah. again not the first min- instance of that we've seen on no this show. again 1920s middle of the country crook he's he's cattle rustling it makes a lot of this sense this
1: is at this point, it's AI-generated, like, police reports.
0: It, we're, we're scratching off the bingo card of, of uh, um, rural, yeah, when,
1: uh, rural Midwest crookery.
0: O- <laughs> when does he knock over the Piggly Wiggly? <laughs> because that's, uh, that's when you complete the trifecta.
1: I can't wait for him to get into it with a local sheriff, and, and the whole town is an, uh, uh, an uneasy situation for the rest of the day. Oh, Jack John. Oh, God damn it.
0: Um. So, uh, uh, the story was he got arrested in liberal Kansas for cattle rustling, but he escaped from the county jail not long after. For what it's worth, the FBI could not substantiate that particular claim. Indisputably, though, in 1930, he was sent to the Kansas State Prison for stealing a car. Scratch that one off the bingo card as well. Um, whether he decided. Wait. Go ahead.
1: This is the 30s, right? Yeah would did the person just run back up to the Model T and rip him out of it? <laughs> yeah, probably. They had some pretty fast shit right back
0: then, <laughs> if, you've ever, if you've ever seen any gangster movie. Well, it's Kansas, though. Yeah. John Dillinger operated in Kansas a little bit, didn't he? I might True, although if, if 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 Orville had stolen from John Dillinger, uh, the an arrest is not what would have been the end result from that. No. I mean, Orville was a bastard, but not... He wasn't that big time. Um, Whether he decided not to break out of prison this time or merely couldn't figure out how is a mystery. But in any event, he was paroled in 1933. The next year, 1934, he returned home to Illinois. And again, things settled down for him for a bit. He married a woman named Frida Meeks. He got a job at the oil refinery down in Wood River. And as encouraging as this was, he could only stand to to stay legit for a couple months. Uh, For him, the phrase, too legit to quit, uh, meant uh, even the least bit legit. (laughs) Yeah. By the way, reference to, and I will fight you on this, the best MC Hammer song. Sure. Yeah, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. I don't have a strong opinion about uh, the MC Hammer discography.
1: I, most, people, have more I mean, songs.
0: Most, most, most of those basic basic bitches are going to go with you can't touch this but uh yeah. no sure. too legit till i die we'll have to ask our gen x cousins at uh, <laughs> <laughs> at thanksgiving what they think i trust their opinion on this so um, two months into his job at the oil refinery orville saw a local merchant cash a check for 250 dollars at the bank um, Orville does the, uh, Lord forgive me. It's time to go back to the old me. Uh, he robs the guy, he books it back home and he and Frida escape into the woods. And I don't mean to victim blame, but like you can't be cashing a check for 250 bucks and just walking around <laughs> with, with it. Um, You never know who's afoot. You're just
1: loudly telling the teller, yes, $250 in cash, please, to my very, very weak and dainty hands, please.
0: (laughs) Yes, I I would like that in cash. Uh, Make sure that there is no no way to prove that this money belongs to me if I'm not holding it at the moment. Uh, I want it as untraceable as possible.
1: Oh, no, please. Not into my left hand. I'm very blindsided by that part of my body. Please, in the right. It's the only good side I have left. Oh, and I don't have
0: any pockets. Could you just put it in, like, a clear Ziploc bag for me, please? No, I'll just I'll just put it in
1: my mouth. No, we got it. Do <laughs> you have one of those old-timey big bank bags with a big dollar sign on the front? I'd love to carry it around like I'm a money bags. You there,
0: sir! <laughs> I have to go around the corner and use the bathroom. Um, I'm just g- going to set this cash down here on the sidewalk. Could you watch it for me? So, uh, his way of life as an adult living in the woods was much the same as it was when he was a kid. Uh, he survived by hunting and by burglarizing as many general stores as he could. I'm amazed nobody ever shot him. Um, which, let me just also say, doesn't that, like, defeat the purpose of stealing the cash? He's not doing anything with it. He's not making any legit purposes. Is he fucking burning it for heat? (laughs) Um... The only difference is that this time he mixed in a dash of mail fraud. He'd put in orders for merchandise and then pay using bad checks. Even being flush with cash, he cannot legitimately buy anything. <laughs> look, he's
1: look, just you, that kind of guy. You don't make money by spending money, okay? So you gotta you gotta work your way around that.
0: May twenty first, nineteen thirty five is when shit really goes off the rails. On that day, Orville has the bright idea to burglarize his own uncle's house and steal his radio, which was valued at $25, which would be $485 now. Yeah, it's a nice radio. And also, yeah. probably a d- big deal. I don't know how many people around there had radios in 1935, but probably not
1: everybody. Look, he, he wants to listen to War World of the Worlds, and God damn it, he needs to find a way to do it.
0: <laughs> Where the fuck's he gonna... Where's he gonna plug that thing in out in the woods anyway? Well... That wasn't his plan with it, uh, as evidenced by the fact that the next day he drove down to East St. Louis and tried to pawn it.
1: Yeah, that that checks <clears throat> to
0: get more uh, yeah. to get more cash that he was going to do nothing with. <laughs> but for yeah, uh, this this guy <laughs> that has clearly been living in the woods just brought in this very expensive luxury yeah. item. Probably yeah. best I don't look into that any closer.
1: Yeah. Well, I I appreciate you brought in this radio, but it looks like. The outlet you ripped it from is still attached to the radio. I'm gonna have to ask some questions. The guy who owns it is still hanging onto the cord <laughs> kicking and screaming.
0: The engraving on the bottom saying, this does not belong to me. If my nephew tries to pawn it, please arrest him.
1: It looks like the family's golden retriever is still biting your leg. Do you need to get that checked out? Just says not property of Orville Kennedy. <laughs> does not belong in a pawn shop.
0: Well, for once, the law was a step ahead. Orville was arrested and he was returned to Greene County. He was arraigned on May 25th and his bond was set at $2,000. At the time, he couldn't post anything. But in September of that year, right after the grand jury indicted his case and it was set for trial, Orville posted a bond and was released. The day of the trial came around and surprise, surprise, Orville didn't show up. They also checked so the bond. bail jumper to the, the list on that bingo card. They also checked the bond that Orville had posted and surprise surprise it was worthless. The whole thing was completely fraudulent.
1: we we've, we've covered career criminals on this podcast before and this is just like
0: I don't know if we've ever had anyone who loves the game quite as much as, as our great great uncle Orville. No. There's
1: there's usually like and then he was quiet for four years. And then he decided to try to live normal for five and ten. And No, it's just like, hey, next week he's going to do some weird shit. Uh, stay steal, tuned. Steal, 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 on, steal, steal,
0: steal, lie, kill, steal, 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 steal. Yeah.
1: On Suburban Crime, uh, Wednesdays on CBS at 8 p.m. <laughs> Green County, Illinois, for it's, those of It's you who... Midwestern
0: cops, don't you know? <laughs> Green County, Illinois, for those of you who don't know, it's, it's very rural, um, very small community, um, not a lot goes on there, and unfortunately, Orville was able to yeah. continuously get away with things because he was craftier and meaner than than everybody there.
1: It's not rural; it's rural. You got to yeah. add like three extra rural. U's in there. R U R R R
0: L yeah, rural. That's that's another thing about Orville is not only did he just love breaking the law, but he had the personality of a bobcat in a trap. Like he was just <laughs> he not he was kind of guy. He was like, what, what was the name of the Simpsons character who is the criminal? Uh, snake. Oh, yeah. Snake, yes. Yeah. He, he kind of does remind me of Snake <laughs> from The Simpsons. <clears throat> <clears throat> so after he, he skips bail, um, the court issues a capius warrant. Most believed he'd probably fled the state. Fast forward to January 17th, 1937. The Green County Sheriff at the time, named Dewey Staples the name just uh just reporting the facts (laughs) sheriff staples gets word that orville kennedy was back in town visiting relatives sheriff staples and his men they raid the house that they were told that orville was hiding it turns out their information was correct but orville was every bit as slippery as his reputation suggested when the cops started raiding the house orville ran out the back and a dramatic running shootout ensued throughout town in the end Orville got away unharmed but not without shooting Sheriff Staples in the process.
1: <clears throat> I'm very, very sad for Sheriff Dewey and I had to double check and yes, I'm going to refer to him as Deputy Deputy Dewey for now on.
0: Yep. Uh, love you making a scream reference. Yes. Yeah. Um, I, I imagine uh, any anybody named Sheriff Dewey has uh, biscuit crumbs on his shirt at all times. <laughs>
1: Well, the sheriff... He's, Go ahead. He's, he's David Arquette, but not the Scream version. He's the ready-to-rumble version.
0: <laughs> so, the sheriff, uh, he was injured, but he did survive. A new indictment for assault with intent to commit murder was issued by the Circuit Court of Green County on February 25th, 1937. On June 22, 1939, the federal court in Springfield filed charges against Orville for unlawful flight to avoid prosecution, alleging that he fled from Illinois to Oklahoma. The FBI puts out the bulletin I've been citing in 1942 asking for info about where he might be. But it was to no avail. Orville Kennedy was never caught. Here is where I return to our cousin Alan Dale's account. What he heard is that after this, Orville moved out west with Frida. They changed their name and they lived normal lives from then on. In fact, our, our great grandpa Doc even heard that he was a sheriff's deputy at one point wherever he was living. No. <laughs> he changed his name to Charles Lindbergh. <laughs> this is and like that one of those. Boy, Albert Einstein.
1: <laughs> this is one of those, like, really, really shitty, like, <clears throat> melodramas for, like, boomers where it's just like they've. F- They needed to find a criminal, so they hired a criminal. (laughs) Eventually,
0: um, our cousin Alan is able to figure out contact info for Frida. He then hears through the grapevine that Orville has passed away. At that point is when Alan decides to try calling Frida. The number had been reassigned, but the new person knew Frida um, and gave him uh, her updated number. Alan Dale called and actually did get a hold of her. They talk briefly, but he says that when he brought up Orville, she hung up on him. And that was the only time they ever talked. After Frida died, Allendale contacted uh, uh, her and Orville's daughter. He conveyed this backstory about her father, and she had no idea. Understandably, they had never mentioned any of this to her. Oh, of course. And so that's where the story ends, and now it's become um, a family legend of sorts. Um a lot of us never really knew it was true or knew about it or talked about it until the last decade or so. Um, when someone found this FBI bulletin for better or worse, nobody in our mom's family has made the news to that degree. Since we had one chance and here's another brief bonus guy, um, our great uncle or our great, our great uncle Walt Stinnett, who is actually oh, yeah. on our mom's side of the family. But, um, On uh, the other part of it, our grandpa we talked about earlier, this was his uncle. Walt Stennett was a champion horseshoe thrower even into his 90s. Like, everyone in that part of the family lives to very old age. Um, And, like, he won a state championship in his 90s. This caught the attention of none other than Johnny Carson, host of uh, uh, one of the, the most important television shows in the world at that point. Johnny Carson invited our our great great uncle Walt um, out to uh, appear on his show and throw some horseshoes, to which our great great uncle told him, "No, I've never been on a plane before, and I won't start now. If you want me on your show, uh, uh, you'll have to come here to me." Uh, They also said no, and that was just that. So, (laughs) sadly, uh, uh, Dick Orville Kennedy's legacy lives on as our family's most famous member. Perhaps we'll change it someday, hopefully for the better. but i doubt it so that's both counts really yeah so that's my topic um and my big question three generations from now what do you think your descendants will find embarrassing about you um i'm gonna say most of the shit we did in college probably yeah um if they listen to this podcast uh i'm gonna say yeah there's a couple uh you know the uh the amount of liquor I drank on my twenty first birthday is <laughs> uh, getting kicked out of the shittiest bar in town. Yeah, there's uh there, there's a couple incidents there that will likely bring them <clears in> some <throat> some lasting embarrassment.
1: For me it it's it's in part in this podcast and any of the lore that we've brought up, um especially trash can Jack John, uh, uh weird Jack <laughs> John those that era of Jack John is just deplorable by all measures. So that
0: I, I, mean, I hope it, you're ready for as soon as your son is old enough to understand what being oh, drunk yeah.
1: is, I'm going oh, to yeah. tell him that story. <laughs> and and any of the dumb shit I've done on Twitch for money, uh m- the most notable and probably most fun that I've had, um, I had basically like if like we got a bunch of subs, uh I was gonna let chat pick out a cost for me to stream. Uh, I bought a sexy nurse outfit and did my twenty twenty one NFL fantasy draft in a sexy nurse costume. So probably that too.
0: Yeah, really. Uh, any of your as, any of your costume streams are, yeah, are
1: as as a fun fact. I ordered that live on Twitch, and I got a text from my wife an hour later into the stream with a screen cap of our Amazon and said, "What the fuck is this?" <laughs> <laughs> and it was real awkward, and I had to explain, oh, no, that's for me.
0: <laughs> a convenient cover story. Yes. Uh, yeah, Yeah. for me, like, between my Twitter account and the podcast, pretty close call. Probably the Twitter. Um, <laughs> or maybe yeah. the, uh, the bit in episode one where I, I explain uh, uh, legally how a contract is formed using a uh, uh, sucking dick as an example. Yes. <laughs> Probably my, my... I love... I got my low point out of the way real early in the show. I lo- I love how nobody um it, i mean we literally play D on the internet and nobody said that i think that's just you know a testament yeah. to how much we embarrass ourselves on
1: this show i and again I, I know my kids gonna know this and i'm sure generations after like it's no secret that i'm a fucking nerd like that that can't be the shocking reveal is that i was a huge fucking dork that, yeah that, unless that's...
0: you're unless you're just gonna keep the door to that room you're in right now closed at all times <laughs> they're gonna know all right, well, that's our uh, uh, first topic out of the way. So, um, moving on to our, next. we have Jack John. Uh, so, Jack John, take it away. Who's your guy this week?
1: This episode marks the third and final installment in my mini series on luck. The series has had a ton of uh, has been a ton of fun to research, and I wanted to close out uh, this trio of guys with the person who inspired it all for me to do this set. Uh, the gal in this story uh, maybe the more well-known of the others that I've covered just by proxy of the story around her being so told often and so well-known. When we get to the details, it's going to very be obvious who I'm talking about and what the instance is, but I still think my gal here is worth talking about. With that said, my gal this week is Violet Jessup. This is one of those rare instances
0: where I am familiar with the story in advance. And I, I I agree with your estimation. This is definitely, definitely one worth telling. And I can't think of anybody that encapsulates your series on luck more than this gal.
1: Yeah.
0: Violet Jessup sounds like she should have been like
1: the first lady sheriff in the old West. (laughs) (laughs) It's definitely one. And I kind of like alluded to it there. Uh, Violet was somebody that I found about four weeks ago. I actually bought uh, her memoir. I didn't get a chance to read all of it, but it's something that I'm actively reading now. And it really got the idea of luck kind of, like, spinning in my head of, like, a lot of the people that I end up covering either have, like, something very unlucky happen or something very, very lucky that happens to them. And I wanted to do kind of, like, a little, like, almost, like, super luck series, which is what this, like, last three episodes has been for me. Uh, But Violet was born on October 2nd, 1887 in Bahia Blanca, Argentina. I think our uh, I'm first, not sure.
0: I think our first Argentinian topic.
1: Yes, I wanted to make sure. I wasn't a hundred percent sure. I know we've come to Argentina, but I wasn't sure if anyone had been born there. No, we've done a
0: couple Brazilian guys, but yeah. uh, I believe this is our first Argentinian. Say, last week I said some some rather unkind stuff about South America. So hopefully we will uh,
1: we'll redeem ourselves a yeah. bit. Her parents were Irish immigrants, William Raymond and Kathleen Violet Jessup. She would end up being the first of what would become nine children for the family, and this being the late 1800s, unfortunately, only six of the children would end up living past early childhood.
0: Yeah, you're gonna lose a couple. Yeah. just that's why that's why you have
1: nine. Yeah, but still a rather large family, and they did end up living in like the very early part of their family, like on essentially what was a farmhouse. Uh, I think their dad was a sheep farmer. So definitely like farmhouse, all hands on deck. That means just have a shit ton of little babies doing work. Very much like our our grandfather's upbringing that we talked about. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, Being the oldest child, Violet would often spend more of her time at home, helping around the house and helping take care of her younger siblings. One of Violet's first brushes with luck would end up happening rather early in her life as well. During this time, while she was still a young child, A rather nasty disease would make its presence known within the Jessup household. This being the late 1800s and early 1900s, the big bad we're talking about was tuberculosis. Yeah,
0: I was going to say, I mean, what just a bastard of a disease tuberculosis was. Yeah, that is something that still exists, but we have found very effective ways to treat. Now, back then, you basically just had to hope it didn't kill you. Much like, uh, well, people say that about the bubonic plague. Like, it'll still, it can still fuck you up pretty bad if you were to get it yeah. now. But it's it's not necessarily a, a, a game over like it, it was yeah. for a lot of people who caught tuberculosis.
1: Modern medicine and, like, fast acting, like, hey, I'm really sick right yeah. now. Yeah, antibiotics, all, all that, like, nice cocktail that we can throw in the body just to immediately cancel that out. Uh, doesn't really exist right now. <laughs> Uh, But Violet would end up getting tuberculosis And the doctor who kind of like Proceeded over that was just like Yeah your kid's gonna die in a couple months Uh, Good luck (laughs) God med school must have been a fucking breeze (laughs) Back then I mean what was a doctor's bag if not just a tiny Little bottle of whiskey and like And a saw (laughs) I was gonna say maybe a scalpel But yeah no it was probably a saw
0: Like, ah, tuberculosis? (laughs) why does widest kid's civil war on drugs, catcher, he's sawing his arm off. Tuberculosis, nothing I can do. But, I mean, if that kid's got something that needs amputated, bring him back. That's kind of my whole thing.
1: (laughs) Uh, Violet was predicted to not not make it through the disease from the family's doctor, although through a miracle, she would end up surviving the ordeal without any long-term side effects. Fuck you, Doc. Yeah, no, honestly, like, if the doctor had told me that my kid was going to die, and then they didn't, I don't know if I'd go back to that doctor. <laughs> I don't know whether
0: to be happy or really pissed off right now. <laughs> I am a weird combination of both. Look, I, like did. look, I just made him try harder, you know? Yeah. It's it's already, negative
1: reinforcement. I was already thinking of the things I was going to do with that room and now there's a kid still living in it. I'm pretty pissed off.
0: Like, well, I guess uh, I guess I won't be
1: getting into crafts now. <laughs> On one other instance, Violet and her younger brother Ray had been exploring outside and came across some clothes. The clothing seemed nice enough, and had having been discarded, they decided, well, if no one else is going to take it, maybe we should.
0: Okay, so there really aren't a lot of good options when you find clothes just laying out in the woods. Keeping them for yourself is not among them. Um... Just just don't do that ever. Uh, yeah. These days, you probably need to alert the authorities.
1: The clothing was a little burnt around the edges, but still fit nice enough. The kids took the clothes, put them on, and went home to show their mother. Their mother was not too happy, though, as she instantly recognized the situation. The clothes had been burned previously due to them being infected with scarlet fever.
0: Uh, oh, great. God. Life around the turn of the twentieth century sucked, man. I know we've said it's that brutal. a bunch of times, but like, my god.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You, you can't mess. do anything outside because no. you're just you're just gonna die.
0: <clears throat> yeah, the atmosphere was actively trying to kill you if there were other human beings present.
1: The kids, now equally contaminated, would end up catching the illness. For Violet, yeah. I'm- For Violet, she would make a second miraculous recovery, but her little brother would sadly not recover and would pass away from the illness. To add even more trauma to this young child, her father would also pass away from cancer when Violet was just 16 years old. Good grief. Of course. Was polio
0: around yet? That's kind of the only (laughs) only one left, I think. I was going to say, are they going to come down with rubella or the measles? (laughs)
1: This would cause her family to move to England, where her mother would start working full-time to support the family. Violet would start taking on even more responsibilities around the home, and even start going to a covenant school. When home from school, Violet, Violet's mother, Catherine, would begin to work as a stewardess. But, sadly, Violet's mother, too, would fall ill a few years later and die when Violet was just 21. Everyone around her is dying of sickness.
0: Yeah. Cholera or fucking dysentery, or whatever else you get on the Oregon Trail.
1: Violet would leave school and follow in her mother's footsteps, though, in becoming a stewardess, and would uh, get her first position with the Royal Mail Line in 1908.
0: Somebody this unlucky really shouldn't be around airplanes. Like,
1: if the Um, Mask
0: of the Red Death is following you around constantly...
1: Royal Mail Line is actually a um, ship. Um, Oh, okay. Yeah. So they, they mostly provide ships.
0: The principle of your assessment is not yes. altogether untrue,
1: though. <laughs> I, I couldn't give you a full table of that thought. We'll give you partial credit, though. Yeah. Her first big liner that she would serve on was named the Majestic. She would do several trips on this ship, ultimately before being moved to the Adriatic, and then after that, the Oceanic. That's nothing
0: majestic about that.
1: In 1911, she would be moved to
0: the biggest ship yet. Are you really not even going to acknowledge me? Fuck you. <laughs> I, I wanted Ridiculous. you to wait another five seconds before going back into that, just because that seems to be about so- the appropriate amount of time to shame somebody with silence somehow, on show. Somehow ignoring me is even more hurtful.
1: Yeah, I, it's, I've had a couple of those where it's just like, all right, that one didn't land. I'm just going to hold this to myself. No, I wanted you to feel that. In 1911, she would be moved to her biggest ship yet, a luxury liner that was the largest civilian ship at the time. A ship 175 feet tall, 880 feet in length, a nine-deck behemoth of a ship weighing in at 46 tons.
0: Wow, this thing's a real Titanic. The RMS Olympic. (laughs) I bet you thought we were going to say she was on the Titanic.
1: Preposterous! (laughs) What a fucking crock of shit. Do you think this is lowbrow shit? No, we're doing we're doing real real deep uh deep cuts here. Yeah, she's on the RMS Olympic. Violet would work incredibly hard while working on the ship. She would often clock in seventeen hour days Good with God. the bare minimum pay of the time. Backbreaking labor. <laughs> Say, how the fuck do oh, you even? How do you sleep? Um, probably for very small amounts of time on the ship.
0: I was I mean, going to say, I'm I'm guessing uh, she uh, slept pretty, pretty easily after yeah. working for 17 straight hours. <laughs> Suddenly, t- tuberculosis is starting to
1: sound pretty good. Yeah. In her memoir, this one wasn't as heavily covered. But um, what I imagine it was is if you're not working, you're sleeping. Um, but also stop sleeping. You need to be working.
0: You've got time to lean. You've got time to clean. There it is. Yeah. No, she's... Uh, Yeah, she's basically just laying there going, God damn it, why can't I die? (laughs) I've had every disease in the book. They're putting me through a fucking meat grinder at work every day. And every day I get up perfectly healthy. This fucking sucks. Just give me a crippling disability or something so I can't do this shit anymore.
1: Yeah, no, nature tried to kill her twice already. She's too persistent for that. Uh, but the hours were grueling with heavy amounts of labor and cleaning up after people, but things would only get worse. While the RMS Olympic was at sea, it would come in contact with another ship, the HMS Hawk. Mm-hmm. The Hawk was a smaller <clears throat> ship, but had an interesting design. It was a protected cruiser, the kind of ship that is designed to ram other ships.
0: Ah, it, that and its, uh, it's uh, uh, twin ship, the USS Animal that joke was just for you jack john
1: i hope you're happy. what a rush what a rush
0: i i actually got that reference because uh <laughs> animal the father of uh ohio state linebacking legend james Laurinaitis. that's right
1: not enough cocaine in the world to uh to make those two people ships i don't think <laughs> uh so this is the ship is designed to ram other ships that wasn't as That wasn't its intention uh, this day, though, driving parallel to the Olympic. But due to either wind or rough water conditions or just people being shit like captains, the ships collided and the Hawk would take a massive cut into the side of this Titanic ship.
0: So I bet you in the like up by the helm of the Hawk in the control room, there's two guys and one's just going, bet you won't do it. Bet you won't (laughs) do it, Dave. Come on, Dave. Don't be a pussy. Don't be a pussy, Dave. Come on, do it. Do it. oh he's really gonna do it.
1: <laughs> the the captain of the ship is like doing a beer bong as he's just like throwing the helm into the ship. <laughs> the well, hawk...
0: time for early retirement.
1: <laughs> the hawk had torn two large holes into the ship above and below the water, and even All had right. damaged and even had damaged one of the propeller shafts of the ship. But miraculously, the wreckage on the Olympic would not total the ship and everyone aboard both ships would end up surviving and being able to get back on land. Although the incident would add a minor blemish to the star cruising ship. At which point
0: they took the crew of the Hawk out back and collectively uh, curb stomped <laughs> the hell out of them.
1: This is
0: the worst Olympic event I've ever
1: heard. Uh, that can't be true. I covered the Olympics in St. Louis. Oh, The, it, it, the, okay. the 1908 Olympics, Dude, I think it was. Touche. That was pretty bad. You're right. <laughs> um, the Olympic would stay in circulation, see many more years of travel, but Violet had an opportunity presented to her after this. She loved working aboard the Olympic, but some of the prodding from her coworkers and even family uh, told her that she should decide to pursue a new opportunity. And... In April of 1912, Violet would start aboard a brand new ship. This was another ship from the White Star Line. This ship was even more impressive than the Olympic. A 46-ton, 882-foot-long and 175-foot-tall, 24 double-ended boilers, putting out a massive 46,000 horsepower. It's got
0: cop tires, cop suspension, and cop shocks.
1: It is the most souped-up Crown Vic of all time.
0: (laughs) Pimp my ocean liner.
1: (laughs) Um, This ship featured a full-size gym, a pool, a library, and several fine dining rooms. This ship would best be known by its name that we all know, the RMS Titanic.
0: Yeah, we were getting to it eventually. We just had to work our way there.
1: Yeah but technically not the first line of those ships uh, that she was on. She technically was on the Olympic first, but yes, she was on the Titanic as, as Cody quickly called out when I was describing the first one.
0: Dining rooms, um, library, all of which are now, uh, 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 culturally educating a lot of fish.
1: Yeah. Honestly, the world's coolest aquarium. Yeah.
0: I, so this is apropos of really nothing, but, uh, I've always, when they advertise having a full-size gym, I really just wish they had like a six-foot tall man named Jim on there. <laughs> take advantage of our full-size gym. Hey, I'm Jim. Wait, what are they okay, going to do to me? This is a very funny bit, but God damn it, you charge me 20 extra bucks a night for this. Take advantage of our the... full-size gym with the uh, uh, fine print. Please do not actually take advantage of Jim. <laughs> He's going through a hard time.
1: Obviously, everyone listening uh, to this podcast, I assume, knows the story of the Titanic, the unsinkable ship that went down in the icy waters of the Atlantic on its maiden voyage. We've all seen the James Cameron uh, basically love letter. um, And also, you know, history, I assume probably the biggest event that I'll ever cover. But the person behind it, I think, is notable enough to discuss.
0: My favorite, uh, uh, yeah, my favorite movie about uh, uh having a bunch of sex uh within twenty four hours of suffering a historic tragedy. Can you think? Yeah, of, yeah I mean, I I mean it's, think there's anything else that even remotely qualifies, but I don't know if there like, is. Well, like I, Pearl Harbor, but that movie sucked.
1: Yeah, I was yeah. gonna call the movie Three Hundred in, but I'm not sure <laughs> if they actually showed any of that hot Greek sex.
0: Also, that was le- that was less a tragedy and more a you know yeah. just consequence of living in Greece at <laughs> just, the time is that a bunch of Persians are going to try yeah, and kill you. Just daily life.
1: While Violet was working aboard the ship after the ship had struck the iceberg, her job was to continue basically working as normal. She was instructed to ensure the passengers aboard um, while continuing her duties. Uh, Many people aboard thought the issue was just going to be minor, that the massive ship and its hulls would be able to take the hit and basically brush it off. Again, this ship was advertised as unsinkable to everyone aboard. (laughs) So even though they knew they were hitting an iceberg, they thought, who gives a shit? Why would you even say that? (laughs) Why would they even put themselves out
0: there like that? I bet the amount of drink order she was taking went up quite a bit after the... uh... (laughs) Yeah, I need six martinis, and can you put it in a bucket, please?
1: Uh, Don't worry about the ice. I'm just going to dip my hand down and grab some. (laughs) Violet even wrote in her memoir, of course the Titanic couldn't be sinking. She was so perfect and so new.
0: Yep, that's what they thought. (laughs) The Once ego the... of people in general at this point in America was really something else.
1: Had had the previous two people not had like horrific things happen to them based on nothing of their own, I could have like with Violet being my like catalyst for starting this series, it could have been hubris, and it probably would have worked well for this <laughs> as well. Like mm-hmm. the, the gall to just be like, this ship is unsinkable, and whatever deity you decide to believe in is just up there like rolling his knuckles going bet (laughs) you gonna learn today (laughs) (laughs) once the panic started to set in aboard the ship though and people began to flee violet truly became a hero board while helping passengers aboard lifeboats a person came running up to the side of the ship in a panic the person was carrying a baby but as state would have it this was not their baby (laughs) Uh. The person who was running up to the side Had simply just found an abandoned baby On the deck of the ship And rushed it over to the nearest person Who might be able to help with this situation Excuse me miss Uh, I don't know what to
0: do with this baby I stole
1: (laughs) I stole it an hour ago The ship was still afloat I thought we were going to do a gag Now uh, I don't know where the parents are And I still have the baby Please help
0: So you said women and children first (laughs) I'm a woman and this is a children. It's not mine. Does that still like, do I count or do I have yeah. to go back and like, yeah, how yeah. does this work?
1: Yeah. Is this inclusive and, or how does, how am I getting in? Uh, it's funny in, in the reading that I did, like, for like the first part of like the ship, like going down, people weren't getting on the lifeboats because they were just like, yeah, this shit's going to blow over. Uh, Water traffic was so common that people who thought even if the ship went down, a boat's going to come by and see this shit happening and save us anyway. So, like, the first lifeboat that went down, I think it was, like, it could fit 60 people. It went down into the water with, like, 28 people. Like, people just weren't getting on the lifeboats originally. Because yeah. they were just like, um, no, I'm on the boat and that water's cold. So, yeah, fuck it. I'm just going to stay here.
0: I imagine the 28 people on that boat uh, had a real nice little I told you so moment
1: a little while later. Well, as history would go to show you, just because you got off the Titanic didn't mean you lived. There were quite a few, you know, people who still froze to death because you still needed people to man the boat. Mm
0: -hmm. In in 2020's parlance, the people uh, still on the ship are are, uh, experiencing Major League Copium. Yeah, They're high on copium. Yeah. This is some cope. Uh, They're at the Copa Cabana. But in fairness, Uh, what are you supposed to think? They're really... Well... I imagine Violet's like, finally, finally I get to die.
1: Violet would end up taking the baby and against her own wishes would end up boarding the lifeboat and go down into the freezing waters away from the sinking ship. She wanted to stay on the ship. She also was kind of in the camp that, like, this isn't going to go down. But also, like, they needed people to, like, help. And she was like, all right, I guess, I guess I'm doing this now. Also, someone just gave me a baby, so I kind of have to do this. Violet would end up being one of the lucky handful who was able to survive the sinking ship that took so many lives. And this would surely be the last time that Violet was on a sinking ship.
0: It, it, it has to be.
1: Violet joins the British Red Cross during the First World War.
0: Yeah, that's a safe occupation. (laughs) And a a safe time to be alive, too. And a safe war to be involved in.
1: And in November of 1916, she would find herself aboard the HMHS Britannic, the sister ship of the uh, Olympic and owned by the same fucking company, basically. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: I bet their Yelp reviews took a hit. Yeah. I
1: mean, it's hard to review a place when you're dead.
0: That's a real, yeah, tap-tap moment. <laughs> you're going to piss it, off your it, customers. They better die.
1: It's it's the way that I play stealth video games. It's still a stealth mission if everyone's dead and no one can uh, raise the alarm. <laughs> but this ship, the Britannic, ended up being converted into a hospital ship to help aid... Uh, the flow of battle in World War One, and was basically transporting the sick and wounded uh, from different spots and uh, basically treating them so they could either go back home or try to deploy them back out into the war. Usually the latter. Um, this ship, however, would end up meeting a very unique set of circumstances, as at the time, an unexplained explosion would rupture open the ship and cause it to sink. Oh, come on! What would later be revealed as a mine underneath the waters that was struck would end up sinking the ship, killing 32 of the people aboard. But our girl Violet would miraculously survive yet another shipwreck.
0: Looks like I picked the wrong week to quit sniffing glue.
1: Violet would end up returning to work uh, for the White Star Lines in 1920 before uh, moving on to a different ship liner, uh, kind of like rolling around a couple of different companies, um, where she would eventually mostly live her life uneventful, at least in terms of catastrophic failure from there on out. Bet she didn't do a lot of boating. I mean, she did quite a bit for her career still afterwards, but I can't imagine, like, any of the ease or, like, the PTSD goes away from that.
0: Oh, if I'm this lady, if I
1: look at a cup of tea, I'm losing my shit. <laughs> but Violet would end up living a long and fruitful life, living all the way up to the age of 1970, or living up to the year 1971, where she was 83 years old, where she would unfortunately... I was going to say,
0: living, living up to the age of 1971 <laughs> yeah. would be pretty impressive.
1: Uh, so the year 1971, where she was 83... Uh, before eventually dying of congestive heart heart failure. Um, she wrote a memoir. I've read most of it. I didn't get a chance to read all of it before the recording of this episode, but I plan to finish it. I was able to find in some supplemental articles uh, to kind of patch in the gaps of where I wasn't able to fully finish her memoir. But a fantastic, interesting read. There was honestly a lot in her life that I didn't get to because um, we would have been here um, much like me talking about Disco Demolition a really excited boy with really no direction talking about every detail that I saw. But that's going to be the amazing, incredible life of the woman who survived <clears throat> two of the biggest uh, recorded like ship crashes and ship like sinks of all time. Which leads me to two big questions for you guys tonight. I have two. Uh, number one, um, cruise ships, yay or nay? You know, the idea
0: has never appealed to me. Um, I understand that they take you to a lot of neat places and there's fun shit to do on the ship. I just don't like the idea of being, like, confined to a ship for the duration of a vacation. Like, I just, I I, I like to have the freedom to do whatever the hell I want to do and go wherever I want to go. So, yeah, I just, it's never, never been a, a thing I've wanted to do. Yeah, going to be a definite nay for me. Uh, as Cody can attest to, I have horrible, horrible problems with motion sickness. Yeah. And um, boats usually don't mess with me too bad. But, like, if I'm wrong about that, then talk about a week of hell. Um, yeah, up- it's, it's a risk-reward thing you got to think about yeah. here. And the upside is that I'm just spending a week uh, around a bunch of people who are probably going to annoy the shit out of me and just eating uh, uh, mid-buffets pretty yeah. much all week upside's not there for me gonna gonna say no
1: i'm i'm exactly with you guys even before covid i always considered like cruise liners to be gross and like not worth the benefit also big open spaces and water freak me the fuck out so if i'm on a boat and all i can see is water i'm i'm having the world's largest panic attack so big big old nope ski for me
0: now a friend of mine is going on the uh, Coheed and Cambria Motion <laughs> City Soundtrack cruise, and she's yeah. super psyched about it. So I'll I'll have to ask what what it's really like.
1: Yeah, like I, I had a friend who went on like the like the Warp tour at sea. Uh, there was like a couple couple years ago before COVID. There was like a pro wrestling cruise. Like there's a company that like. Does all of those it's like the same parent company I think they do like a Jimmy Buffett one too But like oh I'm sure even Enticing me with something that I love I still have a hard time being like Yeah no that's worth it to me
0: Yeah I want to see Jimmy Buffett I can see him on land
1: Yeah Uh, But that's going to bring me to my second question uh, Kind of as a a, a nice Little bow on (laughs) my series on luck Which lucky quote unquote Guy do you find the most interesting
0: Um Um I'm going to go with the guy who uh, just experienced a catastrophic failure of every kind of transportation
1: <laughs> just yeah. because
0: that was the, mo- that was the most jaw dropping to me yeah. in terms of, you know, how unlikely it actually was yeah. for all of this to happen like that. That's one. I still have trouble <laughs> wrapping my head around.
1: Brain Selick, the guy who had both their cars and trains and planes all fail on him to an almost, Unbelievable degree, and dare I say it, I don't even know if I fully believe everything that's been reported about it. But it is, it is reported that that's what happened. It's the him. official narrative, yeah.
0: Yes. Yeah, that, that's also mine. Not only just that, but then also winning the lottery and just fucking off on a private island forever. <laughs> um, that that's pretty incredible. Three great stories, though.
1: Yeah, I I think I have to agree with you guys. Frayne is absolutely my favorite. The reason I let off with this series was him, like. I think there was like a family guy joke where they're doing like the three stories episodes and he's like, and now here's a story that we like less than the second, but more than the first or like something like that, where it's like you you structure it in a way where your first is your favorite story and his was my favorite story.
0: Right on. Well, uh, um, as we wind down that uh, series, um, we definitely enjoyed it. Hopefully you all did, too. Um, We also come to our third topic of the episode and uh, looks like the only one left is Cody so cody take us away who's your guy this week uh we are headed back to the eastern block this week uh we are talking about vladimir lykonos okay uh going over to the ukraine i believe this is our first ukrainian guy but don't um don't quote me on that i think that's right so yeah vladimir's story is one with a familiar beginning particularly among some of the topics that i've covered um here we have a young man who is interested in science to the point where it was something he did for fun not just for work and i i know we've sent some mixed messages on this front just because of the nature of this show but let's be clear here studying science is ultimately a good thing there's nothing wrong with with doing sciencey stuff yeah um I know that many of our stories have involved some disaffected psycho getting uh, a weird idea stuck in their head and just Frankensteining it into existence.
1: I think it was episode two where I covered the nuclear boy scout. So yeah, no, there's definitely like cause for concern, but like open optimism that this isn't that
0: right. Yeah. A lot of times it's somebody just doing something that seems to be a bad idea from the outset. And it comes up, uh, comes down to some kind of horrible consequences yeah but vladimir unlike some of these whack jobs was no evil genius tonight's story shows if nothing else that sometimes just being a nerd can be dangerous (laughs) and not just from the diabetes carpal tunnel and or homemade sex doll related injuries
1: or the nerd who just happens to have too much lunch money jiggling in their keys in front of a high school bully also true
0: so vladimir was born in the ukraine as i mentioned before and growing up he was always fascinated with science um he told anybody who would listen that he hoped to be a scientist one day that was his ultimate career goal um he liked to experiment on his own he reportedly made his own firecrackers
1: yeah
0: Uh, owing to a particular fascination with chemistry. That was his main deal, was chemistry. Now, Vladimir, from what I could find, did have friends and was generally fairly well-liked by his classmates. But he was quiet and kind of an introvert. In 2009, he was, at 25 years old, uh, studying at the Kiev Polytechnic Institute in Kiev, Ukraine. Now it's got to be a little bit rough being a science nerd in the Ukraine. Like there's, there's only so much you can study about snow and concrete. I think <laughs> like to imagine he spent most of his free time trying to make vodka taste like Kool-Aid. Do so you
1: mm. just add Kool-Aid to vodka?
0: Well, now I'm on his side. <laughs> just walking around to the uh, streets in Kiev, taking samples of random. Yes. He's pissed.
1: As I thought. <laughs> I mean, I made Everclear soup in college, so anything is possible with science.
0: This is true. What if I could make this alcohol uh, not taste like alcohol anymore, but it could still get me drunk? A question I have frequently thought about.
1: And that's when Vladimir made the Jello shot.
0: <laughs> oh, boy. Dangerous. Yes. Uh, I, I, I just, yeah, again, Ukrainian science nerd is a character that uh, is, is just going to be part of my, my repertoire now. <laughs> yes, uh, here we have several experiments, uh, first we have genetically modified beets, so when you eat <laughs> borscht, then go to the bathroom, you don't think you're dying. Um, that one very popular. Uh, also have chocolate babka that can be inflated and used as bomb shelter. And finally, I uh, have invented motion-activated paintball guns so my asshole neighbor, Sergei, stop stealing my radishes! Yes, I see you over there, Sergey. Hiding in the radish patch like big fat hairy rabbit. I seem to have derailed myself somewhere. Let's get back to the story. Yeah. I so, love that the,
1: you did that on your own. Also, I just want to say uh radish patch, uh the kid uh who gets that gift on Christmas is definitely disowning their parents. <laughs> yeah,
0: look, the, the the Ukrainian people have been through enough lately. We don't need to we don't need to we don't need to add this bit yeah. on top of it. Yeah. Um, yeah, Vladimir, like many such nerds, uh lived with his mother during his time in college, despite being twenty five. And he spent much of his time in his room doing his favorite thing, science. Uh, experimenting with chemicals. Brandon Vitas also did that, but in a different way. He was of course the guy yeah, who right. uh, <laughs> yeah, took a bunch of drugs and then died on yep. live stream. Yeah. Yes. Experimenting with different care. Uh, chemicals and like many such nerds he had a go-to nerd snack we all okay. know what this is we're all nerds yeah. we've yeah. all got our nerd e- fuel extra toasty cheeses are mine oh yeah so when you're nerding out playing video games or D D, you need your nerd fuel uh frequently it's junk food like funyuns yeah. mountain dew and
1: twinkies yeah. also nerd fuel the um rejected name for game fuel by mountain dew <laughs>
0: the official drink of the here's a guy podcast (laughs) um vladimir was when he was in his room uh sciencing around uh he loved to chew bubble gum that was his thing
1: Mm. okay
0: and like me vladimir had a big thing for sour flavors oh yeah he likes sour candy yeah love it love it and at one point he discovered that uh he had been working with powdered citric acid yeah. And that has a sour flavor to it.
1: Yep. Which
0: is where like lemons get their sour flavor from. Yeah, yeah. that's 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 what's on the outside of like the the sour gummy worms, the treat. Mm-hmm. So Vladimir developed kind of an interesting habit. Uh he would dip a piece of gum in powdered citric acid before chewing it to make it sour. Okay. Oh wow. Yeah. It's pretty brilliant. No wonder this guy's Innovative. a scientist. Yeah. <laughs> so in December of 2009, Vladimir was enjoying one such evening in his room working with his chemicals and that evening he was working with something that as of the printing of the articles because all the articles I found about this were from like right after this happened. As of the printing of these articles uh, had yet to be fully identified what the, the chemical was he was working with. Oh no. But don't there like, are two don't like that. Do <laughs> don't <Yeah>. like that. <laughs> there are two things we do know. One, one, It was in powdered form and two it was explosive okay you see vladimir got so wrapped up in his experiments that he didn't look where he was dipping his gum oh Oh, come on man (laughs) instead of the citric acid our errant young scientist coated his gum in the explosive powder bit down and promptly blew his head off God damn it! So he was the inspiration for the uh, a uh, uh, little cartoon on the outside of
1: warheads. Yeah. <laughs> His what mother. Kind of fucking Acme cartoon bullshit. <laughs> oh no! I put my sweet savory candies next to my explosive powder. Whoa. So his mother
0: heard the explosion, called emergency responders, but of course there's nothing you could do. This guy his just his fucking like... head's gone. Yeah, well, I, I there are specifics available on just exactly what what this did to him, but I didn't think it was benefiting anybody to go into details on that. Yeah. But yeah, this guy basically just had a hand grenade go off in his mouth. You're not saving this guy.
1: You can find it on Live Leak, I'm sure. <laughs>
0: Probably. So now we as a society we have to have a conversation about at just what point it's okay to laugh because look <laughs> this is undoubtedly a tragedy yeah you have a bright kid who died way too young and of course i can't even imagine what his poor mom went through with all this i mean that that had to be just incredibly traumatic and sad like this is a serious bummer yeah but are you going to look me in the eyes and tell me that that is not an objectively hilarious way to die? It, I don't think you no. can do
1: it. No. It, it's it's something out of like a Simpsons um, itchy and scratchy cartoon. Like it's, Yeah. Or like it's a family guy conical. fucking goal. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: I'm going to throw this out there for everybody. If I ever blow my own head off in a sour candy related mishap, you can laugh. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah, this is a Looney Tunes gag. Any gri- Charlie Chaplin would have killed to have come up with this. Book. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and frankly, I think anybody with a sense
1: of humor would probably be okay with people getting a chuckle or two out of it. I, I imagine like he like he like chewed it and his head blew off. But there was like that like five second spot where his head is like his body is still upright. And from like his neck hole, he just goes, I was too sour. And then he
0: falls over. <laughs> I I mean I know if this happens to me, I would lo- want people to laugh. We can go ahead and make that canon now. If, yeah. if that happens to me, please laugh. Um, but yeah, that is that is the story of. It's a short story, a uh, short and sweet and sour story of uh, Vladimir Likonos. or as I like to call him, the Ukrainian Bazooka Joe.
1: Ah, there it is.
0: All right, so that's going to bring me to my big question. Alex, I know, has already answered this. Uh, in the course of the segment, but feel free to uh, respond with uh, anything else you like. What is your go-to nerd fuel when you're doing nerd shit with your with your friends or just by yourself? What is what is the snack you like to keep on hand? Yeah, I mentioned extra toasty cheese. It's um, kind of my top choice. When we're doing D and D, I actually uh, like to snack on dots pretzels. Those are good. Ooh, hell yeah! But since we're that's talking, a good pretzel activity. Yeah. But since we're talking sour candy, I did want to give a shout out to underrated. I don't know how how widely distributed it is Rips Candy. I, I find them at Schnucks, um, but they're little they're little uh, uh, sour squares, and you can kind of rip the little pieces apart. Holy shit, they're good! They're so good. <laughs> we um, don't have those up here, and that's a bummer because that sounds like yeah. I'd really like it. Yeah, yeah, I'll have to find some.
1: Uh, for me. If, if I'm just by myself, left to my own devices, and I had time to get it beforehand, it's Red Bull and Pork Rinds. Like, an absolute must-have. Wow. For, like my, If I'm having my day, it's Red Bull and Pork Rinds. So your nerd shit is taking place in the middle of a trailer park, then.
0: <laughs> your, Look, jack on your ongoing war with your own stomach is really really <laughs> something to behold. I've always felt that Look, way. My, yeah, my this th- th- this, this guy's... Vladimir vladimir's plan was probably better for you than pork rinds and red bull that kills you slower
1: my my sister and i have this conversation a lot uh at some point in your life as an adult you have to like really dig down deep inside and ask yourself was i raised white trash um and once you're fully able to answer truthfully you live for the first time yeah And as a white trash child, uh, pork rinds are goaded, and I will not stand for anything otherwise.
0: I do like a good pork rind. Not going to lie.
1: Also, if you're at a good brewery and they do chicharrones and they're fresh, oh, (sighs) the fucking best. That
0: sounds really good. Now I'm hungry. So now we've made me hungry. (laughs) But uh, yeah, good good answers, both of you guys. Uh, Yeah, that was a... God, that was a that was a story that I know it was kind of a short topic, yeah. but I read that story and I'm like, I can't not worthwhile. Do that. Yeah, I know. just can't. All right. Well, that wraps up our uh, Thanksgiving special of here's a guy and uh, I'm hungry. I'm exhausted. Um, so uh, let's go ahead and wrap this up. Like we always do start by going around the horn and hawking our shit. Uh, Cody, where can the people find you? Uh, well, for right now, at least you can find me on Twitter <laughs> while that site still exists. I am uh, at Son of Gravy uh, Just in case, I did make an account on Hive where I am also at Son of Gravy Just in case Twitter uh, finally shits the bed and that looks like the place to go um, so we can keep getting you all of our content. But uh, you can find me there, here weekly on Here's a Guy, of course, and also over on a little Twitch channel that uh, the three of us and our friend Pookie are working on called Here's an Adventure. Uh, we just had a session this last weekend it was a blast and uh yeah can't wait to do more all right well jack john how about you
1: oh yeah people can find me on hive i'm at jack john uh i love when a new social media site comes around because i can snag jack john before somebody else does Uh, (coughs) so find me there you can find me on my twitch channel jack john plays games i'm playing through the the new pokemon right now it's a ton of fun and um as a plug to give myself a deadline. Uh, hopefully in January, you can find the Here's an Adventure uh, d d streams in a podcast format uh, that I'm working on in the background. So stay tuned for all those fun things.
0: All right. Well, for me, um, I'm still just on Twitter for now. Uh, Turpin for Prez. Turpin, that's the number four P-R-E-Z. Um, you can follow the podcast account as well. It's uh, um, at Here's a Guy Pod. I saw someone on Twitter claim that um, um, Hive is uh, uh, a CIA op for literally like no other reason other than it just kind of sprung up and is new which is not to say that I think that's true it, it's just to say that I'm really going to miss Twitter because where else can you find people just casually wilding out like that all the yeah. fucking time my um,
1: favorite was the new site Mastodon that popped up where everyone was complaining about it and I know me and Pookie kept getting confused thinking people were talking about the talking band about the Mastodon band, yeah, yeah. And it's like, why is everyone suddenly talking about this band? They're good, but why? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Why is everyone shitting on Mastodon all of a sudden? Um. You can also uh uh we have a mailbox. It's here's a mailbox at gmail.com. and I don't think that's going anywhere. So um, shoot us your feedback, comments, suggestions. Um, we already have one listener email in the bank for uh, next week, so um, feel free to uh, send us something if uh, you want us to read it on the show. So I believe that's it. Um, Other than to say, uh, Cody, um, uh, do you have a tagline for us? I do. All right. Well, sounds good. Um, So thank you all for being here. Hope you have a great Thanksgiving and we hope you uh, uh, are here again with us next week. And to wrap it all up, Cody, hit us with that tagline, please. Let's just keep it simple. Good night, daddies, and happy Thanksgiving. All right. Good episode. Uh, Oh, man. I'm getting really... Oh, exhausted. I think I need some gum. No, wait. Hold on. Hold on. No! No! No, Tony no, no! no.